This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes, Almunia saves, knock out, follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini! I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. This season coming up is is massive for for Watford, both financially, you know where where we're going to be playing our football in the next sort of five six years. I, I think the transfer, you know, what's going to go on behind the scenes is absolutely massive. And I said it a few a few weeks ago. I think it is the, the biggest transfer window that we're, we're going to have in in a long time, both outgoing and 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 coming in as well. The table doesn't lie, does it? You know, we no. we we were a mid table club in terms of performances and results. You know, you don't yeah. you don't finish where we finished and turn around and go, yeah, but we were so close to being second because we weren't. Mm, we weren't. I mean, points wise, we weren't far off of. A playoff place, you know, and the thing that will always tarnish Chris Wilder's time at the club is that we dropped the points at home that we did, which had we held on to them, we would have finished fifth. Mm. But the games against Wigan, Cardiff and Huddersfield, we took one point and yet we were leading in all three. Now, those eight points that we could have had would have got us in the playoffs. Would we have deserved it? Would we have got through them? Would we have won? Probably knows the answer to all those. Chris would always have to look. And he said that, you know, I look back on it and I probably made mistakes before those games in those games, you know, he said, but I always also point to the fact that, you know, once the players cross the line, I'm relying on them doing what we've asked them to do. You know, the, the results don't lie. One thing that I found interesting, I, I, I won't name who it is, but I, I, I had a long chat with a manager of another club in the championship who I happen to know just before the end of the season, when, when pretty much, you know, it was obvious we weren't getting into playoffs. And he was someone who, after a game, both home and away, had pointed to, and this isn't Rob, by the way, before it's not Rob Edwards. So I know. <laughs> I um, but he, in both games, had talked about in his press conference after the game, you know, the, the quality and Watford squad and you know what great players they had. When I look back on it, he always talked about individual players and he never talked about a team. And I asked him about that. He said, well, that, that was the problem Watford have got. He said, individually, you've got you know some of the, if not the best players in the championship, you know, individually, but you've got one of the poorest teams, you know, and he said, that is the problem. He said, you can't expect a squad of 
20 where you've got six or seven Premier League class players to just fall into place because you gather them together. You know, you're going to need more than that. And, and he, he said the things that I'm talking about, you know, he said there was no set style of play. You went from one coach to another with the same squad of players expecting to be able to migrate from 3-5-2 to 4-2-1-3 or whatever you wanted to play. But, you know, he said he, he came back to any manager in the, in the championship would have gladly taken five or six of our players and put them into their own squad because individually they were as good as anything else in the, in the championship. What we didn't have was any sort of team. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that, that Chris picked up on really well that, you know, and, and it was probably the case under other manage, under the other two managers, but they just didn't re- reference it, was that when things weren't going well within games, players just went completely off the script and started doing their own things. You know, you'd see your centre forward back on his own edge of his own box trying to get the ball. You'd see your, your number 10 out on the wing. You'd see your fullback playing in midfield. You'd see your midfielder playing out on the wing. And, you know, that isn't because the manager suddenly decided to go rogue and mix it up. That's just because they've gone off the script and, and started doing their own thing. That doesn't help. It's, it's a shame because I, I think Jao Pedro is, a, is probably in the top three players of my lifetime at Watford. But there'll always be that memory of there's the occasions where you think, please, Jao, just don't come back and try and take five people try on. Try and take you know? it on, yeah. You know, you're, you're too good for that. You know, and you can do it. You can beat five players, but we need you down the other end of the pitch. Yeah. You know, we don't need you on the edge of our penalty area. You know, Keenan Davis, not the most mobile of people. When he got the ball down and played, was very useful but it's no good him doing that on the arc of our own penalty area. You want him doing that, you know, on the arc of their yeah. penalty area. And, you know, that's what Chris was saying. And, I, you know, Slavin has said similar sort of things. Is You know, the, the players just had so little care for the club and, and respect for what the club was trying to do that at the first hint of trouble or the first sign that things weren't going well, they just forgot what they'd been told or ignored what they'd been told did their own thing which sort of answers what you said earlier Justin is what you know why why were the performances bad well because they thought they could do that they, they felt they could divert from the script they felt they could do their own thing they felt I'm being asked to play you know in the number 10 or I'm being asked to play up front but I think I'm better off down here helping out the defence they, they did it Chris said a couple of times you know when I spoke to him last week that there was a couple of games at half time and I should imagine Luton was one I don't think QPR was because it was his first game but he said there were times when you know I went in at half time and absolutely read the right act and you know with the old teacups across the, the changing room and pretty much you know told them exactly what he thought he said then watch them go out and do the self-same things they did in the first half while you know privately sticking two fingers up at me how can you expect any coach to do anything much when the players feel they can behave that way I think what's interesting about that is the way that he called that out in interviews etc yeah. um, is that something really unusual for a manager to do in your experience to actually come out and say this is wrong the culture's wrong players aren't quite as good as I was told etc it's probably unusual in a manager who's on a long contract all he knew when he arrived was he had 11 games when I spoke to him I think I put you know I think he alluded to it that he probably knew quite early on that he wasn't first choice to be manager beyond those 11 games he you know had a bit of a free hit for him you know he could say anything he liked and it couldn't risk a job that he wasn't going to get anyway what you could say in his favour was he didn't have to say that he could have just come out every game and trotted out some old blase crap Chris isn't the sort of guy that's going to do the we go again you know, and he wouldn't let any of his players do that. So I, I admired his honesty. And what I liked in Chris was that he said things that the man on the terrace would have said if they'd been given the chance to do the press conference. You know, yep. what he said about us after Luton. You know, I, I was not gobsmacked, but I just sat there and I thought, well, this is absolutely brilliant. You know, he just went off on one, but in a calm way. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like um, that Kevin Keegan press conference, you know, where I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love it. it, it wasn't that. Have you ever seen the John Sitton video at Lake Orient where he, you know, <laughs> Time. 
you can come, you can bring your mum and you can yeah. bring your dinner. You're going to need it. What Chris did was just sort of sat down the chair and the first question came like, what do you think? And there were no more questions for about 10 minutes because he just literally just went through everything. <laughs> just went through it. <laughs> really calmly, you know, but passionately, without any swear words, without any histrionics. And it was like, Wow, you know, it's exactly what I thought. And sometimes you think as a fan, you know, there's got to be more to it. You know, I'm just not a trained professional. But he literally said, you know, they didn't try. They didn't stay in their position. They didn't make any effort. They didn't run. They didn't tackle. You know, he even went, you know, they ran down the tunnel as soon as the final whistle went. They should have stayed out on the pitch and taken their medicine. I'm sure it didn't make him very popular in the dressing rooms, but it earned a lot of respect from me. And I'm mm. sure from the fans, because fans, yeah. he said what I, you know, had pretty much seen. I think where things started to go wrong for him was that he could see it, but he wasn't able to do anything about it. Now, how much mm. of that is his problem as a coach or the formation or what he did? And how much of it is what we talked about earlier is the players not being prepared to do anything? I don't know. But, you know, after the QPR game and the Luton game, you weren't left in much doubt that this team was a mess. You know, Chris never could really turn it around. And like I say, you know, when you're dropping eight points at home to teams who were, you know, one of them has been relegated and the other two just about stayed up. As a manager, you know, that you've got to say, well, I've got to, I'm going to have to take some of that. And he does. That will forever be the problem for Chris's short time was, you know, the eight points that we dropped at home against relegation-haunted teams were the difference between us finishing 10th and finishing 5th. I think I think the thing with Wilder also, though, yeah, exactly as we just said there, in terms of his openness and his honesty, which started after... You you, you, can, you can't name any, any manager who has lost 2-0 to the local rivals who, 24 hours after the game, is probably more popular than he was before it because he came out and he called it out. And I think all I turn because we'd gone from saying things about Slavic uh, about uh, Bilic's kind of end of end of term that the players just looked uncoached but actually they appear to be uncoachable or unmanageable yeah. in this particular instance and there was a number of times when Chris called that out in terms of during during your your tenure you've had a number of series of, of interviews where you've spoken to somebody you've released them out periodically over 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 a few days so people can kind of take bits in and then kind of absorb it and then kind of build on it and one of those most recently was with Ben Manga I, I don't know if you got to talk about that sort of element i.e. the cultural thing that Scott had mentioned back in pre-season and, and we'd see manifest itself all the time because certainly the eyes of the player of, of the supporters sorry turned away from the manager and obviously towards the owner but also very much onto the character and the lack of character therein of the players who were going on the pitch did you get any sense that Manga understands that that is a key thing and therefore why as Carl mentioned earlier on this transfer window is so pivotal so, so to give you some context to talking to Ben Ben speaks some English but understands it better than he speaks it but he's very he's fluent in Spanish so I sat with a translator who translated my English questions into Spanish to a German who then talked back in Spanish wow. which translated back <laughs> Good Lord. in English that's, that's my idea of a nightmare that's yeah. <laughs> like talking to us but because because Ben understands more English than he speaks, every now and then he would understand something I was saying and sort of want to jump in, but not know quite what to, how to say it. So it was it was a really interesting interview, and it, it took a long time. It took best part of two hours. But yeah, on, on the on the subject of of things like um, player attitude, he was very strong on that, and I, I can't remember the exact quote, but you know he said I I would take attitude over ability, and I, I only want players here who really want to be here. And you know if they don't want to be here, then we can have a conversation about it, and we'll. See 
see what we can do. You know, he, he was very, very big on that. And he didn't name names, but he pretty obviously knows there's some players who are here who would rather not be. Um, and there's some who maybe don't get as much game time, but would bust a guy if they got the chance. What I don't know, as a, a layman, is how you assess that in a potential signing. You know, I mean, you, you know, you don't get a footballers don't have a CV where they go, you know, things I'm good at, being committed, things I'm bad at. You know, you don't do that. You know, you might better pick up the phone to a manager and say, is this sort of bloke is going to fit in? But, you know, maybe it's the way we've hired. Maybe it's the method we use. Maybe it's because we rely on agents. You know, we seem to have a track record of bringing blokes in who've got loads of ability, but, you know, bugger all interest. And one of the things that I thought Manga said that was, was really interesting in relation to that was the reason why, you know, he's not particularly keen on using agents is because you're never sure if an agent is bringing the player to you because it's the right player or because that player earns the agent the most commission. You know, so it may well be the agent thinks, well, you know, this bloke's never going to fit in, but I know if I can get him a move, that's a million in my pocket. And so they do a great sales job. You know, it's it's like when, you know, when you go to Ikea and you don't mean to pick up anything, but you come up with loads of stuff just because they sold it to you really well. So Manga was very clear on that. You know, I, I, I think the way to go is scouting and we check the players out. And I can't remember if he, I said it in the article, but he said he doesn't like signing players that either he or Costa or Tonello have seen and watched at least once, but ideally a couple of times, just because he said they like to watch to see not just what they do in a game, but how they do when they're not in possession, when the ball's not near them, how they interact with other players, what they do when they're substituted, what they do when they come on, how they interact with the referee, how they take to a bit of stick from the crowd. Because those are things that footballers don't put on their showreel and you don't see it on soccer base. You know, it's it's things that you're going to tell by being there. And an agent's not going to tell you. An agent's not going to say, look, this, this bloke's a really good player, but, you know, if the fans boo, he'll down tools on you. No, the, the agent's there to get a player a move. And I was really encouraged by Manga saying, well, you know, I don't really want that. I, I want to be able to have me or my trusted generals go and find these players and watch them and identify them and make sure they're the right fit and if they don't want to come and it right down to you know when it comes to if they're talking to us and they're not saying the right things then I'd rather not sign them the only caveat to that is that is great if the owner buys into it mm. what we don't know yet if that's the case will. like you said right at the start a year ago you know we had the chairman saying this was the way forward and we all thought the owner had bought into it and then you know by the October international break it was all change and, and everything was over with so you know a lot will come to pass uh, once we see our first couple of signings because if our first couple of transfer window signings are you know from a, a, an agent that we've used before of, of some notoriety then you know you start to worry that things haven't changed <laughs> this you know, you mean this was my next know, question uh, do, do we think that to, to use a phrase mogi Bayat's tombola of shite has been um shelved or do we think there's still going to be some transfers coming in from that particular direction i can't remember who said it but i will credit whoever it was that described it as the Bayat bucket of bilge which i particularly <laughs> like because i'm a big fan I'm, of alliteration very, yes very <laughs> i do like a bit of alliteration so whoever that was i doff my cap in that direction i if you, if you listen to ben manga and you trust what ben manga said uh, and i've no reason not to because he seemed a very upfront and straightforward bloke we will be doing a lot less business with agents than we did in the past and he was particularly keen because when I asked the question so as I say I explained how it works you know me talking English into Spanish to a German who came back in Spanish and when I asked the question about I you know I sort of danced around it and said you know what's your view on using agents and you know having agents brought to the club and he was nodding away and partly understanding I said and obviously there's a relationship with Moji Bayat and he sat straight up and went oh I want to talk I want to talk as if as if you know he, he just got the word buyer and that was enough to bring a rash out you know so he was very got an itch <laughs> 
it was very clear. You know, he said, I, I, I you know, I am not going to be told to use particular agents. And I think he said something like, and if I am, then I'll just come in and clear my desk, which that's quite a bold statement to make. And it would be one of those ones that, you know, if our first two players do come from that route, I'll be knocking on his door and asking him, you know, can I have your chair? Because it's he some boxes, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, the, the office might be empty. You know, he said he doesn't want to use agents. He said he wants to use scouting. He said he won't be told to use particular agents. But then on the other hand, you know, I'm aware that by is, you know, has been at the training ground recently. Don't know what he's there for. I've, I've, I've seen him once. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know whether he interacts with Manga. I don't know whether you know where he sits. It's not like we've cleared him out. He's still around. The other thing to remember is, you know, that we do vilify a lot of his signings quite rightly. In the January transfer window, he bought in Hoyt, who turned out to be half decent. I certainly don't want to, you know, I don't want to defend him. You know, you judge by the most recent piece of work, and that wasn't too bad. If Hoyt was the sort of standard of signing we were getting, you'd say, yeah, fair enough. But the trouble is, you know, for every Hoyt, there's a, a Bayo. You know, you shudder to think at some of the others that we've had down the years that, oh, well, I mean, I just remember some, you know, some of the random signings from the African continent that people I've never heard of and have gone on to have no sort of career anywhere that have cost us a lot of money. That is what you hope will come to an end. Even though I've spoken to Manga and even though he said what he said and I've no reason to disbelieve him, I'm only really going to feel it. it's true when there's some hard evidence. So that process must have started, surely, in terms of the scouting oh, yeah. side Yeah, but we see what, what we don't know is, you know, if, if the if the first signing is, is someone that's come from, you know, the, the buyout bucket, then, you know, we're <laughs> going to have to worry that there's been no change. You know, if, if the first couple of signings are what you'd call Ben Manga, Helena Costa, Hallmark yeah. signings, then, then that'll be good. Look at the manager appointment. You know, I've read an interview that Ishmael gave in, in The Times. You know, I read it from beginning to end a couple of times and he, he himself doesn't mention Manga once. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, you know, I, I would have thought if if Manga's a key player and he's, you know, as he, I think he said to me, you know, my relationship with the manager would be like a husband and wife. It'd be very weird to talk for 2,000 words about your life and not mention your wife. Yeah. You know, and yet he's not mentioned Manga once. He talked a lot about Pozzo and how they're on the same page and how Pozzo impressed him, but there wasn't a mention of Manga. Now, I, I could be reading something into nothing, but... I found it slightly perturbing that someone that we all as fans and you know people who love the club are hoping is going to be the, the step forward and the change in direction gets no mention at all from the new manager in the first lengthy interview he gives. Mm. Uh, he gives several name checks to the owner. And, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure whether Ishmael was Manga's choice or whether it was Pozzo's choice or whether they agreed on it or I don't know. I'm just a little concerned that in that interview in the Times, which, you know, Ishmael's a smart guy. He would have known that's a big English newspaper and, you know, he's got an agent who would have arranged that for him. And he would have picked his words pretty carefully to not mention Ben Manga once. Just didn't fill me with a great deal of hope. Maybe, maybe just because I'm a cynical old hack who looks for the negative and everything, that's what I'm doing now. But <laughs> I'd have been far more comfortable if at some point you have said, you know, like you just said, Carl, that, you know, we're planning for next season. And, you know, I've been in a lot of conversations with our technical director and, you know, we, mm. but there wasn't any of that. You're right. Conversations must have started. And the only evidence we've got to go on is that one times interview. Now, when I get to sit down with Ishmael, presumably, you know, before pre-season, those are the sort of things I'll be wanting to ask him because, I, you know, I, you know, how do you work with Ben Manga? Who makes decisions? You know, are they your signings? Do you recommend them? You know, do you have to brand 
nitrogen compositor? Those are things we all want to know. But at the moment, we've nothing much to go on. So it's going to be basically judged on the players that come in and when they come in. And I'm not told that everything, everything I'm hearing points to, you know, maybe five or six signings this summer, not the sort of 10s and 12s that people are expecting. People who've been out on loan will start coming back. So, you know, I, I would think unless there's someone who rushes in to buy bio, you know, he'll come back. Um, you've got people like Tom Daly Bashiru will be fit again. They'll come into Matt, contention. You've still got Matty Pollock. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think I might be wrong. I've not heard anything to make me think that it's going to be, you know, like a, a bring and buy sale where, you know, you're going to get, it's not like, it's not going to be like the first Pozzo season where we're going to have 15 people turn up, you know, to a pre-season that we've never heard of before. I don't think it's going to be like that. And 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 part of that will be down to money. You know, we are in the last year of the parachute mm. We're, we're not going to be shopping at, um, you know, the high-end supermarkets. We're going to be looking more at Lidl. Not that we, we won't spend money, but, I, you know, gone are the days when we're going to be spending the sort of star figures. You know, we're going to be looking for... The reduced section. Yeah. Ryan Porteous, tremendous signing for what? Quarter of a million, half a million pounds? million quid. Yeah. They're out there. It can be done. He's a leader. He could be a, a really great defender for us at a price that fits our budget. We don't need to be going out there and, and spending huge amounts of money. However, I think, you know, in the key positions, I mean, certainly you can't imagine we're not going to buy at least one, maybe two big target men just from the way that... Like, not players. Players. I, mean, I, I know people, from what I can gather, he, he's sort of looking at, he wants to play more of a 4-3-3. So within that, you're going to need someone who's going to be the, the central man in the three up front. And you look around our squad and, you know, and Toby Adeyemu, who's the, and, you know, Bio, you know, you're going to need someone. You're going to need yeah. someone who can lead the line and, and and do what he wants to do. So if we are going to spend money, it's going to be in you know in that sort of key position. But I, I'm not expecting ten or twelve to come through the door. Maybe five or six. Be interesting if we do go and play four three three because his entire career, Ishmael has played three four three mm. rather than four three three. So switching to a to a back four will be will, will be interesting uh, to well, say I the think, least. I think, that, I think that might you know that that might change. But the the word I had was he was you know because of the players we've got in the squad you know we've, we've certainly got plenty of right backs so yeah. you know, we're not sure there. <laughs> you know I think he, one of his key positions will be a left back because I, I you know Kamara unless I, I'm mistaken is not going to come back on another loan spell. He is going to go to Udinese but you never know with Watford. But then that only leaves you with James Morris. So you know unless you think you can play Ken Semmer there you're going to need a left left sided defender. Yeah. But then you've got, you know, in the centre of defence, you know, he would look at it as un- unbelievable. You know, he's got Hoyt, he's got Porteous, he's got Sierra three decent centre-halves there with Pollock to come in the mix as well. You know, it does sort of lend itself to two full-backs and two centre-halves. If he wants to go three centre-halves, then he's going to probably need to bring in another centre-half because we haven't mm-hmm. got, you know, what he wants. So switching to 4-3-3 isn't a huge difference to what he's played in the past. And in the quotes he gave when he joined, and, and again in the Times interview, there is a, a reference there to, you know, sort of almost like a, a hybrid of what he's done in the past, but evolving it with the squad that he's got now. Because, you know, as I say, I just don't think there's the money there to go and make 10 or 12 signings and completely yeah. remodel our squad. You're going to have to do a bit of that, but also a bit of working with what you've got. I might be wrong, but as I say, I, mm. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be 4-3-3. And within that, straight away, you're going to want a centre forward, maybe two. You're going to want a left-sided defender, left full-back. You're probably going to want a couple of real monsters in midfield as well. Midfield, to, to, yeah, that, yeah. We're very, know, yeah. very short yeah. in midfield. I mean, we've got, you know, you've got loser. I, I thought loser would go, but now I'm less inclined from what I've heard to think that. But if you're going to play loser in there, then you're going to have to put two ball winners with him. In that three in midfield, you know, you can't you, you can't afford to have too many flair players. You're going to need someone in there who does the hod carrying, you know. All I'd say to people is, be, you know, don't, don't necessarily 
necessarily expect 10, 12. You know, it's not like it's going to be a big transfer window and as much as it's significant, but I don't think it's going to be a big transfer window in terms of incoming players. Similarly with the outgoings, you know, other than those who've come to the end of their contracts, so, you know, I'd be surprised if, personally, I'd be surprised if, you know, anybody whose contract comes to an end gets offered another one. Again, that could be forced upon us by circumstances. You know, if, if we haven't got the money to fill in certain positions and we need to keep another holding midfielder, then perhaps Bakuna could get another year. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if Asan Belonga got another year because that's a key area. But Where's that rope? <laughs> 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 I mean, look, and I'm I'm not saying that I know that for certain. All I'm saying is, someone like Bakuna, you know, is is a cheaper option than it might be to go and sign another player who, yeah. you know, again, again, if Bakuna is only a backup, I, I I don't know, and he, he might, you know, he might want to go and buy two completely new midfielders. But you know, we have gone gone to the days I think where we can go and ship in a dozen players. We're going to have to bring in a few and then make the best of what we've got because after this season, we're on our own. There's no parachute money. Yeah. Um, and we have to remember back that, you know, that, that year, you know, the summer of 2012 was those players were mainly brought in on loan from Udinese and Granada, who yeah. were who was also part of the stable. And now, you know, Granada is, is no longer part of it. Hi, this is Nigel Gibbs and you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. So this podcast is being sponsored by NordVPN. Why are we doing a sponsorship slot? We never do sponsorship slots. Well, firstly, NordVPN is very useful for Watford fans. But secondly, we're going to use the money to create hundreds of free posters using our icon gallery images to give away at the first game of next season for anyone who comes down to the bunker when it's opened again. Oh, that's nice. But what does NordVPN actually do? Well, VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and it means that with NordVPN, no one can see your internet history, which for you, Carl, might be a good thing. Yes. Okay. Uh, move on. Move on. Another another benefit of NordVPN is that you can be virtually in other countries. So if you have Netflix, for example, you can see all the extra films and TV shows that are available in those other countries, like the United States, for example. And then when you're abroad, you can catch up on iPlayer. Oh, okay. But what about Watford fans? Well, as you know, there's a cost of living crisis. Yes. And money's short for a lot of people. Right. Well, getting to away games can be expensive. Getting to home games can be expensive. So you could watch the occasional game on the TV. How? Well, most games are televised abroad. But holidays cost a lot more than an away game. Virtual holidays don't, though. So, if you want to fireproof your fire stick, protect your digital identity. Extend your streaming capabilities or ensure that people don't track your internet history, Carl, just saying. Then, why not use the award-winning NordVPN to ensure your internet security? And if you sign up using our link, NordVPN will give you an extra three months free to keep you safer for longer. I would like if if you wouldn't mind, we give this a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we, we tried this when we had uh, Damon Lathrop on last last week. We went through the women's squad and we asked for one word, comment, review, silly flyaway word, whatever you like, for, for each of the, the, the ladies team. And I'd love to see, you know, we, we can only put you in the same level of importance as Mr. Lathrop after winning uh, you know, <laughs> two, two pieces of silverware. So uh, there, there we go. I haven't, so even got, I haven't even got the basic coaching badges. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, I've, I've got those. Don't worry. As a, as a 
unit, we're covered. Right. So I do, um, I do know, I do know an agent who can get them for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very reasonable. Very, very reasonable. As long as you don't mind having the Belgian FA written on it. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a player. All we want is, is one word. Can be silly, can be funny, can be a comment on his season, can be whatever you wish. So we won't, we won't pry it any further than that. But we're going to go through the squad in numerical order. Daniel Backman, one word. Decent. Jeremy and Gakia. Quiet. Mario Gaspar. Old. <laughs> That's exactly what I had. <laughs> Hamza Chowdhury. Gone. <laughs> gone. William Truster Kong. Going. I'd, I'd, I'd have gone shithouse for that, for, for the Luton moment. I, I'd enjoy that. Im, Imran Loser. Talented. Nice. Keenan Davis. Ooh. There's a word that two managers have used about him, but I can't say it because it's not fair. <laughs> um, I'll go on lazy. <laughs> Tom Cleverley. Knowledgeable. Nice. Yao Pedro. Oh, brilliant. No, look at that. Ishmael Kone. Trying to think of a word that sums him up. Potential. Ken Semmer. Solid. Yao Ferreira. Oh, it's got to be the same as Kone, really. Is there another word for potential? 15th right back? I don't know. (laughs) If only we knew a journalist. Potential, no, potential, we can let you have. That's fine. That's okay. Fine. Hassan Kamara, you can use 16 million words for him. That's bonkers. <laughs> bonkers. Oh, bonkers. That's nice. Craig Cathcart. Evergreen. Dan Gosling. Honest. Yeah. And the interview. The interview, sir. Top man. I I, I remember some people on Spaces and, and, and other places like on the phone and coming in and saying that they've read they've read that right from the start, right through to the end and said halfway or a third of the way through. He went, how dare he talk about my club like this? And he said, by the end of it, I wanted him to be captain. Um, I remember people saying that he must have been told what to say or no. there was only me and him there. I said, he said, how honest can I be? I said, how honest do you want to be? And he said, I want to be really honest. And so off we went. It was one of those ones I remember about halfway through thinking, this is really good. You know, it must, it must be like, you know, when, when the, the writers of Ted Lasso got the first script done and thought, you know, yeah, we got a good one on our hands here. I just thought, yeah, this will be good. I mean, I did enjoy the other week, as an aside, the sun deciding to run the story again yeah. with the headline, you know, Watford player slams ex England. Yeah. Bloody hell, it was nine months ago. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And they still haven't paid me. Well, right, yeah. sorry. So, no, 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 no. No, honest, very good bit. And and also, for, for some considerable time, our best right-back was a midfielder, and our right-back was playing better in midfield than he did at right-back, even though he was indeed old, which is the word that we now will use for him. Yaster Espria. Star. Vacun Bio. Impact. Enrique Arouche. Unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Will Benfica ever talk to us again? Ryan Porteous. Old leader. Get ready for it. Ishmael Asar. Enigmatic. I going to say, you can't use the word potential word. <laughs> no, no, no. Tom Zelli Bashiro. Injured. Leandro Bakuna. Ancient. <laughs> Excellent. We've got old uh, and ancient in the. Not, <laughs> and not justifying for all you KLF fans out there. Ben Hamer. Am I allowed hyphenated? Well, yeah, go on in. Back up. Backup. Yeah. Well, as in he put you back up at Coventry. No, as in um, he's, he's just a, a perennial backup, you know. <laughs> yeah, he is, he is. Christian Cabaselli. Uh, in one word, farewell. Ooh. I love what he's, love what he's done there. <laughs> Samuel Kalou. <laughs> legend. No, I can't have legend. Now, you've um, used old what? and ancient, so, you know, yeah. you might be running out of similes here. Miscalculated. <laughs> <laughs> They should have realised when he came in. They don't count the odd numbers years where he comes from. Yeah, they should have realised. I'm saying that 
He's not as bad as Benny Roa. I'm sorry. Oh. Ben, if Benny Roa was 28 when he signed, then I am a bodybuilder. That bloke had bunions that my nan would have found painful. Excellent. They, they should have realised when Kalou walked in with a cake and it was like a blaze with candles, really. Um, oh, oh, here's a good one. Courtney Hawes. <laughs> Missing. Um, Prisoner. Oh, can you hyphenate car park? Car park? <laughs> What, why, not? why not? Why not? Why should I? I mean, yeah, let's face it, you're the wordsmith here. You can get away with everything. And nobody yeah. ever listens to my rules anyway. Francisco Sierra Tall. <laughs> yeah, tall. <laughs> We've gone down to the very physical. Uh, Matty Pollock. Possible. Possible is the probables game. Yeah, yeah. He'd good. be in the defence of the possibles. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Br- Brissus on Belonga. Um, this is hard, this one. I'm running out of words for old. Um... <laughs> One word is really difficult. Uh, cheerio. Cheerio. Yeah. That's a fr- that's a friendly friendly farewell. Yeah, yeah it's a friendly farewell. Yeah. Uh, a- another victim of the DNSYE first team interview curse, Maduka Okoye. <laughs> We, we did. We interviewed him and we interviewed Courtney Hawes, and yeah. they were damned thereafter. Maduka Okoye, uh, loan. Loan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Sparta Rotterdam maybe. Uh, Joseph Hungbo. Keep. Hmm. Nice. That's what we said. Nice. Keep. Yeah, yeah, we said keep. Hmm. Matthias Martins and Pat Butcher, you cannot hyphenate. <laughs> uh, returning. <laughs> Edo Ed KMB. <laughs> Calf. Calf. <laughs> that's, that's all I ever write. Edo KMB in brackets. Calf. Calf. <laughs> James Morris. Worthwhile. I think so. Hmm. Wesley Hoot. Or hurt debonair yeah if you look at photographs of him he's like do you remember heart to heart where jonathan hart could have a full-on fight with five men in a dirty field and when he stood up his hair and everything was still in place it was perfect. wesley hoyt is never ever anything less than debonair don't matter you know we're playing in the worst conditions thick mud and when you see a picture of him he's still chiseled like the man off of a, a brute advert you know his hair's in place just envious <laughs> And, uh, and and let's just go to a couple who or a couple who we have seen. Michael Adupoku. Interview coming soon. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Adrian Blake. Manchester bound could be a single word. Attitude. Oh, look at this. Jack Greaves. Homegrown. Toby Adeyemo. Momentous. Lovely. Great Final one because because I, I think you saw him as well. But he kind of uh, he he kind of come up. James Collins. He scored a fantastic goal I saw on YouTube in the under twenty ones uh, away at Cardiff where he locked the keeper and he got one the the other the, one of the, the final games that we're playing. What's been your thoughts on him? A single word for James Collins. Prospect. Nice. I th- I think I think uh, they could have unearthed a good one there. He scored a couple of goals the other day. We lost to Burnley, but he scored two goals there that you know sort of smacked of striker. Yeah, he's very young and and probably needs you know another season because I think he was playing for Hartford when we yeah Hartford Town yeah. But um, yeah, I think another season in the twenty ones and uh, yeah, I I really like him. I think he's a good player. The one word game there, everybody. The one word squad game. Mr. Andrew French. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Funny. Do not scratch your eyes. And so obviously you look into obviously the the, the the finally the close season. So hopefully a little bit of time or you know on holiday. I would hope for you. But what what uh, what what plans are there from from the Watford Observer that you might be able to kind of share with us for 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 next season? 
is is it going to be taking the uh, the Friday night curry kind of to a, to a to a national level? Well, I'm already you know sort of thinking you know Plymouth, yeah, that's definitely an overnight stop. I'll be looking for a curry house there. Also, in terms of who's dropping out, I could do with you know quite happy to see Wigan go, not because I don't like them, but because too many trips to the northwest, you run out of you know different yeah, places to eat. Too many this season. Southampton, most enjoyable. You know, uh, hoping that's in the nice weather, nice night night away there. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, look, it's gonna it's gonna be provided you know a carry on it's going to be exactly what you had this season you know it will just be me trying to do what a fan would do trying to get questions asked that a fan would ask trying to make it entertaining in depth more of the the factual stuff less of the rumors maybe a bit more on the women's team maybe a bit more on the other 21s but generally just using what i've the platform that i've got at the observer to do what i think any other fan would do if they're in my position just give people stuff that i think is interesting that's all you know it's not it's not rocket science fantastic well as we said at the at the, at the start of our conversation the quality of the Watford observer journalism cannot have a higher bar than Ollie Phillips, who we tragically or sadly lost you know, during the year. But genuinely, somebody to, to carry that mantle on better, I can think of no other. Anybody who's listening, if you want Andrew to stay in post, then please consider subscribing to the Watford Observer. We will, you know, anytime there's uh, any any deals out um, for it or for, you know, to, to consider well, it. There's one at the moment. We will post it. There's one at the moment. We will get that out. We will get that accompanied with it. two months. Get all your non-rumoured pre-season stuff. If, you, if, you, if you're sensible, and I shouldn't say this but i will when there's an offer on leave it till the last day of the offer because then if it's a four-month offer you get four months from then on do you get what i mean you know and and generally speaking if you if, if an offer runs out and you cancel there'll be another one you know we're, i'm not saying we're the dfs of the newspaper world but <laughs> <laughs> we generally, generally we have a closing down sale that raises enough money for us to stay open so um <laughs> Now, look, the thing about, all, you know, all joking aside with subscriptions, I understand that some people don't want to pay for things and I would never force someone to do so. But without subscriptions and without payments, then the bills don't get paid and eventually you don't have, you know, the local sort of coverage that you want. And it's it's not just a Watford Observer. I, I say nearly every local newspaper in the country now has some form of subscription service because you just don't sell papers. It's all done online. And so, mm. you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't go into your news agent on a Friday and say, look, can I just have a quick read of it, please? I don't want to pay for it because you'd get laughed out of it. But that's what people try to do. Uh, and, and look, if you don't want to subscribe, that's fine. If you think subscribing is, is a crime, you're entitled to that opinion. But without the money that comes in from prescriptions, you know, pretty much the what preserver can't exist. And therefore you lose what I think is a, a really important connection between the club and the fans. So if people subscribe, I'm, I'm very grateful. You know, you, you you don't have to worry about how many stories you can read. You get less adverts. The website moves faster. And, you know, I think last season I was averaging something like 65, 70 stories a month, which, you know, a, a pound a month, I, I don't think it's too bad. But, you yeah. know, I understand times are tight and people may not want to, but, I, you know, I can only stress the importance of it and, and my gratitude on a personal level because without the subscriptions, eventually, you know, the what preserver ceases to exist. So please, if you can, do so. Guys, you've heard it straight straight from the man there. And I think everybody appreciates the level of connection that you have applied and, and, and allowed to happen. In a, 
in and at a time when a lot of people talk about the disconnect between the club and the fans, having that conduit there has never been more vital. Genuinely, genuinely. And, and thank you so much for your time. I'm going to ask for one last couple of questions here, because I, th I think I think we should do this in honour of Ollie Phillips. I heard yourself and many of the people who knew and and uh, experienced Watford through the great Ollie Phillips on a fabulous From the Rookery End special uh, that the guys over there recorded to celebrate the man's life. Um, and it was a great celebration of it. Ollie Phillips was a keen purveyor of curry. You, sir, are a keen purveyor of curry. If we were to go to our local curry house and say, what we want is a set menu for Ollie Phillips, so that people can come in and they can order the Ollie Phillips and they can order the Andrew French, what would be Ollie Phillips's main dish, do you think? Oh, chicken jalfrezi. Oh, there you go. There's no chicken what... That's an easy one because he used to come over from France and we'd meet up and we always went to an Indian restaurant in Chorley Wood that he liked. And he would order four chicken jalfrezis to take home and he'd freeze them and take them back. <laughs> love it. I love that. Oh, oh, no, that's it then. That's it. It's not one. It's four chicken jalfrezis <laughs> well, in the not, Ollie Phillips. It's not four to be eaten at once. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, chicken jalfrezi, pilau rice, and probably a sag. Uh, no, a, a, a Bombay loo. He wasn't really into the bread. Oh, he's done well there. Yeah, he wasn't wow. really into the bread. What would be your main and sides? I, I mean, I quite like a jalfrezi, but to, to give it a bit of variety, I do like, um, like I said, a naga chicken, which is particularly hot. Yes. Um, or, or, you know, I, I don't mind a madras. And then, well, certainly what I wouldn't have is a tandoori mixed grill with chips. You can rule that one. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I'd probably I'd probably go some you know like a, a naga chicken with uh, mushroom rice. I do like I do like a, a cheese naan, and if you're paying, I'll have a side dish as well. So I'd probably go for a a sag bhaji. There we go with, with some green chilies. For somebody yeah. that hasn't eaten yet, this is this is a favourite conversation. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I did say, Carl. I saw you attempt to eat a chicken nagger and failed fail miserably. Yes. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. You were sweating. You know, if if you were a spy, I could break you very easily with just a, a visit <laughs> to a, a curry house of my choice because you folded. Quite I early did on fold. That. I folded uh, before the curry king. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Maybe ne maybe next season for people who travel away to away games, if they go on a Friday night, we you know I'll, I'll gather people together for a pre-match curry, and we can enjoy the highlight before things get spoiled by the <laughs> Saturday afternoon fair. Are you hoping that, that the football? Like you must be hoping the football's going to be better next season. Surely can't be any worse. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm like any other fan. I live in hope. You know, I mean, some of the younger fans, and I understand why. They, you know, they say that's the worst season, or last season was the worst season they've ever seen. I lived through the '87 Bassett's Season, which was uh, so it was bad for so many reasons, not least because he took a team that was mid table in the top division and you know got us into the relegation zone and, and wasted a load of money in the process. But I also sat through things like the Colin Lee season, you know, which was, was really awful and any anything through the 90s, you know, just, just being grateful to stay in the championship was was an achievement. So, you know, when you when you give that little bit of perspective. It, it, you know, this season was bad, but it, it's not the worst. But yeah, I, I I really hope next season is better. All I I really hope is that you know that it, okay, let's let's have an improvement in the results, but please let's have a, an improvement in the in the culture and the connection 
between the club and the fans because this season wouldn't it was painful but it would have been less painful if we all felt like we were in it together and we all knew what yeah. was going on and Amen. you know we all felt like there was a, a shared commonality and and that it doesn't feel that way and I, I'm lucky I'm closer to the club than, than a lot of the fans are and you know I still feel disconnected at times so it must be even worse for the fans and I don't want us to be you know not going up next season I want us to be in the playoffs but what I want more than anything is, is to feel like the club that I remember from the 70s and 80s is back there a little bit and that it it's got the same character and personality and the same connection because I used to think Watford was a bit special and they're different to other clubs and and I haven't really felt that for the last few years but it wouldn't take much that Luton home game showed that we've got it in us as a club and as a group of players to to do what we all hope which is to play good football win and make it enjoyable and feel like we're all one big entity so it's there it's within us but it, it will need some change and and I know yourselves and others have talked about the you know the, the Gino talk or whatever the, the translation mm-hmm. is to Italian but you know I, I would just be happy with some change I, I don't you know I'd love to talk to him but I think the chances of that are slim however I don't need I don't even want to talk to him if he shows some signs of change and just moving in a direction that we all feel connected to and if he does that then you know I won't be knocking on his door wanting to talk to him for a long time I only want to talk to him because I don't understand what's going on and I don't like what's been going on but if he can rectify that and give us a plan and some idea of what's coming and that he's listened and he's going to change then I don't need to be interviewing him he can just run the club you know Elton John didn't give him any interviews but we didn't need to because we all understood where we were going and we all bought into it Andrew, as always, been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for coming on Do Not Scratch Your Eyes once again. Thank you very much. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <laughs> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.